At the large corporate office building of Eurisco headquarters in Crystal City, Virginia, two co-workers, Benjamin Drake and Brad Wilczek, argue over the future of their company. Wilczek is a casually dressed, rather unkempt man who accuses Drake, a man in a suit, sitting behind a large desk of downsizing and killing his company. Wilczek tells Drake that he's going to regret his decision and storms out. Later that evening, Drake transcribes a pre-recorded speech outlining his upcoming plans and recommendations for Eurisco on his computer. In his speech, he mentions two things. First, Wilczek, his disgruntled co-worker, is leaving. Second, they are terminating something called the COS Project, citing a disastrous performance. As Drake continues to type, we find that the COS, Central Operating System Project, is referring to a large computer, a large computer that is monitoring Drake via security cameras in his office. It's late, and Drake goes to leave his office for the evening, but he is distracted by a sound coming from the bathroom. He enters to find his bathroom sinks are overflowing. The phone in the bathroom rings, and Drake answers. On the other end of the line is an automated voice recording of the time, 7.35 Eastern Time. At that moment, the bathroom door slams shut and the lights in the bathroom go out. Confused, Drake attempts to leave the bathroom, but the door is locked. He tries using his key card, and when that fails, he uses his metal key to manually unlock the door. The moment Drake places the key in the keyhole, a massive surge of electricity surges out of the keyhole and into Drake, sending him across the room and into the bathroom mirror, shattering it. As Drake lay on the floor dead, the COS main computer watches him on CCTV, and a chilling automated voice says, File deleted. This is The X-Files Season 1, Episode 7, Ghost in the Machine, and you're listening to The Tape Store. And as we mentioned in the first part, this is the tape store, and this is Toby. And this is Brooke. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And we are back into another X-File this week. And sorry we again. We love the X-Files. We do love the X-Files. <laughs> it's great. Always good. And you really don't realize how... I mean, the show is timeless, but you also don't realize how dated the show is because yeah. there are some things... Every so often you're like... Okay, yeah, this is the 90s. <laughs> yeah, the music, the the wardrobe. Oh, yeah. So while the show is timeless in some ways, in other ways you can definitely tell it's dated, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's it's timeless in that there's always going to be a search for more and knowing more, understanding more, and that, you know, that's never going to get old. Right, no. But I personally uh, enjoy the pantsuits and uh, the... <laughs> Mulder's ties. The iconic 90s uh, fashion choices. Yeah. I love it. And the hair and Scully's hair. I love watching Scully's hair evolution. It's the same thing with uh, Detective Olivia Benson in uh, Law & Order SVU. Yeah. I love the hair evolution because you watch the time change. Yeah, eventually Scully goes blonde in the later she seasons. She does. She does. And, I, and she stayed blonde. 
I when, know. Once she went blonde, she pretty much stayed blonde. I had a hard time with that. Oh, I know. Well, her her red hair was so iconic. It's just what I grew up with. I know. know. Same here. Same here. But we still love. But Scully. she looks lovely now, and she's like Miss BBC now. So. Yeah, she's fantastic. So I mean, we still love Scully. She can do but, no wrong. I mean, right. You know. <laughs> well, um, yeah. So this is an interesting episode. And by the way, before we get into it, uh, I you know obviously episode dropped late again. I really was upset about this. Uh, for the episode to drop two weeks in a row late, yeah, and it's simply because again, guys, uh, you know, work is work. We're and doing we, our best, and we have a second child at school, so it's it's just a whole thing that I'm not going to go into because this we've episode, already done it. We've already gone into it. This is about the X Files, but again, we oh, well, appreciate we your patience, and we need to do better. Yes, we yeah. do. So and sorry, we we're going to tighten up the screws. Yeah, school so of rock reference, right? So this is an interesting episode. So we got our first opening scene, mysterious death. Uh, I think it's quite. I, I think it's pretty clear that somehow this guy Drake Benjamin Drake was um, a target of something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he was targeted, uh, and it's interesting. So we had something interesting that happened beforehand, and that he's arguing with Brad Wilcheck. Who looked again? He he's kind of unkempt. He just looked like a, a computer dude. He looked he looked like every person that that the films in the nineties depict as a computer guy. Right, and Drake looked like a CEO. Yeah, yeah. Which we, is it, what he it was. was well, and 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 for the sake of storytelling and not having a lot of time, they to, they told the story with visual cues very well. We knew yeah, exactly what we were dealing with without any exposition, really. So, I mean, in in a way, that's that's brilliant. Yeah, the cold, the cold opening was great. So so we had this mystery. Yeah, you know, yeah. With with Benjamin Drake's death, um, and it it it's very clear when you watch these cold opens, you have to pay attention because obviously it's directly connected. I think it's safe to assume to this conversation that he's having with Wilcheck. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And if if you read too much into it, though, you, you're going to catch you're going to get the obvious, which okay, the dude that's mad at him probably did it, right? Right, yeah. We yeah, know yeah. that with the X-Files, things aren't... They're never what they seem. They're never what they seem, so... Uh, so, we go to FBI headquarters, you know, a- after our uh, spooky credits and haunting X-Files theme. Yeah. Uh, that that really, I believe, it stays the same for the longest time. It really does. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't alter any for a while. For a while, right. So, we go to FBI headquarters, and the first person we see is this skeevy guy he's an agent he's walking around can't he, stand him yeah um i believe this takes place uh, i know one of the dates on this episode is october 24th okay. uh 1993 so we we know this is around halloween because he, he takes some candy out of a pumpkin yeah pumpkin bucket. bowl yeah. bucket yeah he just doesn't look sharp though this guy he's no fox molder you know and he's kind of walking around you know uh, he it turns out he's looking for molder and scully which <laughs> that's usually not who anyone's looking for. So already it's kind of like yeah. Huh. This is Agent Jerry Lamana, and he's played by actor Wayne Duvall. He's a former partner of Mulder when he worked violent crime. Yeah. And he's like, "Hey, got something for you guys. Want to take you to lunch? Want to talk to you?" So he lays out a story. He's investigating the death of Eurisco CEO Benjamin Drake, whose death that we saw in the cold open. Yeah. Who was killed in what Lamana thinks uh, it was an elaborate booby trap? The investigation is being run by another agent, Hotshot Nancy Spiller, 
<laughs> who taught forensic science at the FBI Academy and is well known by Agent Scully. Remember, right. She's the one who said they, they called her the Iron Maiden. Yeah. <laughs> Which right. is interesting because she went on to play Margaret Thatcher. Oh, that did. Very. Oh, they caught that. Yeah. I know. It's. I, I thought that was neat. I was like, hey, wait a minute. Decades later, you will also play Margaret Thatcher <laughs> in The Queen. So Mulder initially declines to help Lamana. I mean, he. it's good to see him. You know, they, they obviously were friends, got yeah. along. Yeah. But he and Scully are doing X-Files. They're not doing what are called, quote, general assignment. No. However, Lamana insists he needs Mulder's help. Why? Well, Lamana is a climber. Yeah. And when we've met we've these... De- we've dealt with these guys before already in it, this show. Yep. Much like Agent Tom Colton yep. from Squeeze, played by Donald Logue. Yeah. It's kind of upsetting. He was buttering up Scully. Yes. Now this guy's buttering up Mulder, Mulder. Right. And it's kind of upsetting that these... Mulder and Scully are like the best agents in the Bureau. And it's upsetting that these these substandard agents are coming to them for help so they can solve cases and move up the Bureau. And look good, yeah. Right. It's so, clearly... it's it's Yeah, we, we know whenever they ask for help from Mulder and Scully, they're probably not going to give back what they're asking no, for. No, they just want to use their skills... Yeah. And, to get ahead. Right. And take credit for him. And that's exactly what, you know, Colton was, was doing. Yeah, we know it's coming. You know it's coming. And now here's uh, here's Lamana doing it. It's just upsetting. Turns out Benjamin Drake, who is the dead CEO of Eurisco, was friends with the Attorney General. And that's why solving this would help Lamana's career. Because so, he'd, have, he'd have somebody really important. Right. In his pocket. Because Colton, yeah. back at, in Squeeze, Colton was like, hey, I'm trying to move up. Yeah. And here's Lamana telling Mulder, like, listen, I, I really want a feather in my cap. Yeah, yeah, and, he actually said that, too. Yeah, yeah. And and solving this case would help. So, And, and Mulder, he, he just doesn't care about that. He, he, no. He's in it for the work. He has a much deeper quest at hand. Right. But they do agree to help because we go to Eurisco World Headquarters and Mulder and Scully are there. And Mulder gives some some backstory, sharing with Scully that he and Lamana split over having different career goals. He said that Lamana wanted to move up. He said he wanted a fifth floor office. As, as and Mulder, as we know, though, is impassioned and is about the paranormal. And he's in it for the actual work, yeah, not the perks or the accolades. He's not trying to get a desk job up on a top floor. No, because he's in the basement, right? <laughs> Literally. Interesting. Um, something happens as the two agents make their way through Eurisco. We see that they're being watched by CCTV, closed circuit TV, right. security cameras is what we're saying. Uh, we're getting glimpses of them through the point of view of video cameras. And while taking an elevator, a camera's keeping watch, uh, the elevator inexplicably becomes stuck, but then resumes. Yeah, and it's talking. I remember she's like, oh, it must be for the for the visually impaired. Yeah, an automated voice is audibly announcing the floors as they go up. Another strange occurrence takes place when the computer monitoring Mulder and Scully in the elevator looks up Scully's phone number. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. We, we get a view of this monitor. It displays Scully's phone number, uh, displaying it on the surveillance screen. It's begging the question, you know, who is doing this? Yeah, how who's is... watching and how are they so aware? Right. Uh, Agent Lamana takes them through the crime scene where they find no prints around the circuitry on the lock that electrocuted Drake. They are soon joined by a man named Claude Peterson, and he's played by actor Blue Mankuma. He's the engineer of the building who finds 
all this strange since nothing in the building can be tampered with without overriding what is called the COS. All right. The Central Operating System. This computer, um, as Peterson tells everybody, it controls the entire building. It monitors the phone lines, the locks, the elevators. Everything is controlled by this computer called the COS. Right. And keep in mind, this is the same COS that before Drake's death, he was preparing to terminate. Yep. So we're able to put that that together. Add like, that. Oh dear, here we go. Mulder makes a discovery at the crime scene. Of course he does. Right. <laughs> that Drake picked up the phone before his death. So the phone is a focus. We go back to the FBI where Mulder is in his office looking for profile notes on Drake's killer, but he can't find them. Right. And we're going to get to that. He and Scully then attend a briefing where Mulder pretty much finds out where his profile notes went because Lamana basically gives them verbatim to Agent Spiller. Yeah. And, and Scully's horrified. Oh, she notices it. She's upset. She's like, isn't that your case file? Yeah. And he's like, She's like, that's fine. what you wrote. Yeah. Mulder doesn't press the issue initially, but when the meeting's over, he confronts Lamana. And we find that Lamana went into Mulder's office, stole the profile notes. Golly, man. So he's kind of a crappy dude. Yeah, and, and Mulder was so sweet. He was like, I w- you should just ask, ask me. I would have I helped you. I would have given them to you. He does say that to him later, yeah. Yeah. Initially, Lamana just shrugs off like, hey, look, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, just, I, I just filled in the blanks, Mulder. No. But, uh, but Scully has a lead. Brad Wilczek. Yeah. And this is the guy that Drake was arguing with at the beginning. Yeah, the computer guy. The computer dude, yeah. Uh, for Scully, this is an obvious lead. He's the guy. He recently left the company, you know. Yeah, he has motive. Right. But for Mulder, this seems too easy. Yeah. But they do go to Brad's home. So as to cover all the bases, Mulder and Scully head to Brad Wilczek's home, which is massive. Yes. Uh, he did well as the guy who started Eurisco and apparently got like a really good severance package when he left. Uh, Mulder and Scully question him, and we get the backstory. Wilczek, as we mentioned earlier, was kind of the visionary, the brilliant dreamer. Yeah. And Drake was the Wall Street investor. Yeah. Wilczek said they were at the cusp of breaking through with their technology when Drake killed the program. An example of Wilczek's work is his own home, mm-hmm. which can be controlled by computer and is energy efficient. So, which Wil- is funny because it's kind of like Google Home. Like, like we have right. we have this now. Yes, but in 1993, we couldn't hardly dream it. Right, exactly. And it doesn't take long for Wilczek to discover that he's a suspect. Look, he, Wilczek's kind of quirky. Yeah, but he's a good guy. He's appe- not bad. It, it appears he appears to be a good guy, and he's quick to discover that he's a suspect. And even though he admits he designed the COS. And could have overridden it right. to kill Drake. He didn't do it. Right. That night, Scully logs the findings of the investigation in her journal on her computer. After this she, freaks me out. Yeah, after she leaves the computer and goes to bed, the computer reactivates, turns back on. And we see that the COS, we could then go to the COS back at Eurisco, remotely downloading what she's typed. Yeah, we see like her, her type coming on the screen. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, the COS is targeting Scully. Oh, that's awful. Or someone is using it to do right, so. Something. Right, something. The next day, Lamana shows up to Mulder's office where he apologizes for stealing his profile notes and laments how his career's taken a downturn because of some stuff he did in Atlanta. Like, he mishandled a case. In yeah. A, basically, there was a big case in Atlanta. He mishandled it, so he was put on probation. So he's trying to, like... Break a big case so he can, you know... Get, get back on top. Right. Mulder tries to encourage him. Tells him he's a good agent, but it doesn't seem to stick. Yeah. 
And that's when he said and to him, And he's jealous, know, too, of Mulder. Well, yeah. Of, of, well, at least of, of his past efforts when they were yeah, together. But also, Lamana seemed to understood that Mulder just had a knack. Yeah. Just had a gift that, that he didn't have. And, you know, I don't think even Mulder quite understands... It's just because Mulder's like, "Hey, you're a good agent. You're good, right?" And he goes, "Come on, Mulder." He goes, "I was following, you know, like I was, I was following your lead." Mulder's like, "No, no, no," but you know. Well, Scully interrupts with the discovery. The automated voice on the other end of the line. She's able to match the pitch and tone of the voice on the the phone line that, right. that called Drake that said it was seven thirty five with Brad Wilcheck's, and they match. Ooh. So in their mind, it's definitely. They have their guy. Yeah. Now Scully's so quick to say, "Oh, yep. See how it all lines up." Yeah. Yeah. She's she she takes the facts right in front of her. Doesn't right. It initially, doesn't look beyond them. So Lamana goes to apprehend him. Mulder offers to come, but Lamana refuses because, as he tells Mulder, he needs this one. Well, we go to Wilcheck at his home, who's trying to hack the COS, hmm. and he fails. So he goes to Eurisco. We see him like get, leave his house, yeah. get in his car. He drives to Eurisco, and Lamana is following him. From Eurisco, Brad accesses the COS, the big computer, right, which welcomes him back. So it seems the computer's like, "Welcome back, Brad." Like, yeah, you know. it knows him somehow. Well, yeah, well, Brad designed it. Yeah, you know, this is Wilcheck. Wilcheck is shocked that the COS has a voice synthesizer. So this is interesting. Yeah, because he says you don't. He he like says to it like you don't. This isn't a thing. Mm-hmm. And what this tells us is that the COS has attained a level of AI, artificial yeah, it intelligence. Yeah, has become sentient in yeah. some way. Yeah. As Lamana takes the elevator following Wilcheck, Wilcheck notices that the COS is controlling the elevator, and he can see on the cameras that yeah. Lamana's in it. Yeah. And this alarms him. He's putting two and two together. Mm-hmm. The COS is not listening to Wilcheck's commands. In fact, uh, I think uh, Wilcheck says, what is my security code clearance? And the, and the computer's like, it's, you know, the COS is now, like, deciding that. You yeah, know? and I was like, oh, dear yeah, Lord. Yeah, this is not good. Uh, Lamana's elevator, and by the way, this is, um, let's see, Wilcheck and the computer, the COS, is on the 29th floor. Yeah. So this is where Lamana is heading. As Lamana takes the elevator up to the floor, uh, Suddenly, it starts to become stuck between floors 29 and 30, and Wilcheck yeah, is... Yeah, like, 29, 30, 29, 30. Like, right, right. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Wilcheck... It definitely built suspense. Yeah, and Wilcheck is desperately trying to override this. Yeah. Suddenly, the COS releases the elevator to free fall from the 29th floor with Lamana inside. It crashes to the bottom floor, killing him, and Wilcheck is horrified. Yeah, because he, he's trying his best to get it to stop. He's like, no, like, I did not... Sanction this. Right. At this point, it's safe to say it's the COS. Yep. You know, we have we have on our hands the ghost in the machine, artificial intelligence, computer becoming sentient, self-aware, yeah. all those things, right? In the aftermath of Lamana's death, Mulder is watching the surveillance video. He's seeing both Lamana's death in the, on the, yeah. um, in the elevator and Wilcheck's reaction. Wilcheck has been arrested. No. Oh. Because they're putting two and two together. Yeah. They're like, you know? it's obviously you. You he were there. Did it. Yeah, yeah, you did it. You made the elevator right. Scully comes in and comforts Mulder, and of course she thinks, case closed. And she's shocked when Mulder, when Mulder says, Wilcheck didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Scully retorts with the fact that Wilcheck had signed a confession. So Mulder's like, what? 
Yeah, let me get in there. So he, he gets in there. He finds out. He's like, why are you confessing? I know you're innocent. Because Mulder is always the one that's willing to go a little further and yes. say, I think this is something deeper, more supernatural, right? Yeah. Uh, the problem is he's unable to get to Wilczek initially because Wilczek is in custody, but he's protected, and only those with high-level security clearance can see him. So this is confusing. Yeah. He's a murder suspect. It makes sense that he'd be in custody, but why can't an FBI agent see him? Why are these? Why does he need security clearance to, right. to interview a murder suspect? So Mulder's confused, so he turns to a mysterious contact that we met in episode two who he knows has connections, Yeah, and that's Deep Throat. Yep. So Deep Throat, he's able to you know arrange a meeting with him, and Deep Throat explains that Wilczek is more than Mulder realizes. So yeah. it turns out Wilczek is like, not just a smart computer guy. He's like at the forefront of innovative computer technology. Wow. He has a knack for making what are called learning machines. And we get the magic word. Deep Throat brings it up. AI. Yep. With Deep Throat's help, Mulder finally gets in front of Wilczek and wants to know why he's taking the rap. From his cell, Wilczek refuses to cooperate, saying he'd rather rot in prison than help the government create more dangerous AI. So the reason why Wilczek confesses is because not because he killed Lamana or Drake, but he's responsible in a yeah. sense because he created the machine that did yeah, it. Yeah, and he wants out of this situation he's in. But the government wants him. Yeah, which is why the clearance. And he just says, you know what? I'm just going to go to prison. Yeah. I, I don't want to give my knowledge and my talents to a corrupt government. Right. Mulder asks Wilczek instead, though, to help him destroy the COS. Right. So it doesn't hurt anyone else. And Wilczek agrees to help. Mulder brings him a laptop, and the plan is to insert a virus into a virus, a computer virus. That's <laughs> uh, from Independence Day. Yep. <laughs> so th- they're going to drop a computer virus into the COS to kill it. That's the plan. That night, Scully is asleep. And she is awakened by a strange phone call. This is creepy. You know, she yeah, picks up the phone, is, uh, and you hear that high pitched like dial up noise. The dial, yeah. Whenever you try to get on the internet, and yeah, right, all that. She runs to her computer and finds her computer on and files displaying on her monitor. And she tries to get a trace on the number, um, and then goes to meet Mulder, who's at Eurisco. She tells Mulder what's happening, and Mulder looks up the building and says, "It's the COS." Yeah. Using a license plate that says Eurisco, they get into the building, but they don't make it far. As they go into the parking deck, the COS brings a metal gate down on their car, clearly to... Good Lord. Yeah, he's trying to kill them. Yeah. As they take the stairs, because they're not going to take the elevator... No, we've learned. <laughs> they find that they're being watched by the COS through surveillance. The lights go out. Uh, they make it all the way to the 29th floor. Can you imagine? There's no, I can't. Of stairs. No, I, would, no I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to do anything but go to sleep No. after that. So, power, more power to them. Mulder puts a glove on the camera that's watching them yeah. when they get up to the 29th floor. And they're trying to get in. Uh, Mulder sticks a screwdriver into the keyhole. with a. He's got like a rubber glove. Yeah. And boom, shock comes out. You know, so Dang. this thing is completely booby-trapped. Yeah. You know, COS is not going to let him in. So, they decide... Scully is going. <laughs> Scully's the unfortunate candidate. Oh, uh, she uses the. Ve- she's going to climb into the ventilation system because she's little. <laughs> yeah, to yeah. try to find another way in, and she is soon assailed by the COS, 
when it blows a massive force of wind through the vents. I'm sorry, it's Th- not funny, but it is <laughs> it funny. It is funny. <laughs> she's getting knocked around by this thing. I mean, she's getting torn up. Badly. Poor little Scully. I she's mean, not getting, little, but you know She's just what I mean. getting blown through it like, like, <laughs> like a hamster. She's like a little hamster in <laughs> you know, a little yeah, hamster yeah, tube. Yeah. She's just, like, just, th- just getting blown around. It's so chaotic. Yeah, like... This is not a problem at all for the COS to blow Scully all around like she's getting knocked around like a pinball. Oh. And then the door opens in the, on the 29th floor from Mulder. So we're thinking it's Scully, but it's not. It is uh, Claude Peterson, you know, the, the engineer. Yeah. Scully is nearly killed, though. She has to, she's hanging on for dear life. Uh, the, the COS has blown her to a point where she's almost about to fall into a fan. Yeah. So she yeah. pulls her gun out. She's trying to shoot the fan out. That's the last time we see Scully. Yeah, we're like, for okay, I guess she's dead. Yeah. I don't know. That's the last time we see her for, for a few. What's funny is that you were watching this before me, and I think I walked into the room and in this scene. I was like, what is happening? It's great. I was like, what chaos is this? Yeah, it, it's coming. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Because, of course, yeah, we know. Yeah, she has her here's Johnny moment. Yeah, we know Scully reemerges. <laughs> um, so... Peterson lets Mulder in, and it seems like Peterson's going to help. You know, Mulder goes in with the with the disc yeah, that's got the yeah. virus on it, and Peterson's standing there, and he's kind of acting like, yeah, this is crazy. Mulder puts in the disc. Peterson pulls out a gun. Oh, boy. And Peterson says, basically, I've been trying to get into the CPU for however long. We find out, basically, Claude Peterson is working for the government. We don't know who, we don't know how, but he tells Mulder, the same people that writes your checks writes mine. Right. And and he wants to get into the COS. He certainly doesn't want Mulder to destroy it. Right. Because they found something. And what have they found? Artificial intelligence. Yep. They're interrupted, though, by a dirt-covered Scully. She's filthy. And and pissed. Oh, she, yep. I mean, when no. you see her, she is like, just move out of my way. No, man. right. Yeah, because it's like, I thought this case was closed. I should be in bed. <laughs> she comes out looking like she was in the Mary Poppins scene <laughs> with <laughs> Dick Van Dyke and the Chimney Sweepers. Stepping time. Yeah, she's straight out of that. <laughs> and she is not playing around. She's a very angry Chimney Sweep. Yeah, Peterson warns Scully, like, listen, you're you're involved in something. You, you, you It's bigger than you. You don't realize what and it she's is. Like, drop the gun. She's like, drop the gun. Mulder. Put the disc in. And she's like, like, "We're going home." Yeah, we're that's like the that's like the mom that took their kids to like the water park and they've been horrible the whole time. Just like everybody in the van, like that is Scully. right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so the COS is destroyed by the virus. Its last words are, "Brad, why?" It's like Frankenstein. A well, bit. it feels. Yeah. So the COS felt like, "Why are you doing this to me?" You know. Uh. And it's kind of sad for a second, but this thing had but been I killing mean, he, people. But I mean, he'd be killing folk. Right. Be, I mean, granted, he, he you know, killed kind of a crappy, yeah. cr- crappy lot of people, but still. Whether it's the next day or sometime after this, Mulder meets with Deep Throat, kind of getting a debrief. You know, he wants to know about Wilczek. And the reason why he wants to know about Wilczek is because Wilczek has disappeared. Of course he has. Deep Throat told Mulder that Wilczek is likely in custody of a deep secret government agency. Only referred to really as they. They, Because yeah. he says they he do. Goes, who's they? He goes, they do whatever they want. Well, they have Wilczek. 
And his fate is likely an unhappy one, as Deep Throat alludes to the fact that Wilczek will probably continue to work for the government in exchange for freedom. And because Mulder's like, you know, Wilczek wouldn't do that. He's like, listen, you know, mm. he's been accused of two murders. Mm. You know, what's he going to do? Yeah. You know, freedom, you can't, you know, yeah. you can't beat that with a stick, right? Deep Throat reminds Mulder, too, that Wilczek, yes, he was innocent. But Mulder destroyed the COS, which means any evidence that would have exonerated him. Ugh. So Mulder destroyed the very thing that actually did commit the crimes. Yeah, yeah. Right? But, I mean, that what choice did anybody have at that point? So that was interesting. And, and as, as sad as it is for Wilczek, it's, it's I don't know, it, you don't, not everything can be wrapped up in a little bow. I mean, right. some things don't end well for Well, everyone. and again, like, I can't help but, ha- I can't help but see the the Frankenstein imagery because, if you read the book Frankenstein, don't I mean I don't count the movies because none of the movies are accurate. But if, if you read the book Frankenstein is so bent on discovery, right, and how far he can get with technology. Yes. So when he creates the creature, he's horrified at what he's created. Yeah, he hates it, right? Yeah, and, and because of that, you know, the creature, you know, becomes terrible, and in the end, he's he really is just like I just wanted a father. Yeah. So in that moment at the end, I was kind of like, ah, that's kind of yeah. You see they're doing bit. that. They're you know, he's like, dad, right? I only, I only did what you programmed me to do, right? Yeah. So then, and then it's kind of like, okay, should we play God with things? Which like is that? to which it's is a neat question. It's a cool, it's yeah, a cool exploration. Which is, and as far as um, the COS saying, you know, I only did what you programmed me to do. The fact is, he created this innovative computer that became self-aware yeah and which means it was alive yeah yes and that means anything that's alive what's it going to you know anytime it's threatened what's it going to fight for yeah it's going to retaliate it's it's going to retaliate because it's fighting for its survival right so it's protecting itself drake was going to destroy it so it's protecting itself yeah so 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 can you blame it right and again you know that it begs the question like and it killed, you know, it was an it was in its infancy, if you will. Right, and it killed Lamana because he it was protecting Wilczek. Right, I think it was protecting, protecting its, cre- its creator. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it brings up some really fun questions because yes, on one hand, yes, this was the threat, but when you look at the when you look at this computer right. as its own entity, you're like, well, it was in its infancy, and maybe it lacked that guidance from right. Wilczek. You know, I mean, it's it's just it's it's again. It's yeah. a fun thing to ponder. And and Wilczek, is, his fate is unknown. I yeah. mean, you, you would assume that he probably, you know, was essentially living, you know, he lives the rest of his days just... Creating more of these. Creating more things like this, yeah. I mean, it's either that or, you know, how you kill two people, right? Yeah, yeah. One of them an FBI agent. Mm. So, let's wrap it up. Yeah. So, we're at, we go back to Eurisco. This is our final scene. Oh, yeah. Claude Peterson is there overseeing the deconstruction of the COS, which was completely ruined by the virus. Right. And and, and Deep Throat tells Mulder that. Mulder's like, he, he tells Deep Throat, uh, excuse me, Deep Throat tells Mulder, yeah. they've been at it for five days, they can't find anything, Wilczek's virus was thorough. Yeah. So as a, so we're back at Eurisco. Mm-hmm. Peterson is overseeing the, the deconstruction of the COS. Again, completely ruined. Uh, Peterson leaves distraught because he's like, you know, we lost it. You know, yeah. it's it's gone. And he makes the comment that in six hours, it will all be in the metal shredder. As everyone has left, the room is dark. 
and alone amidst piles of circuit boards and wires, a portion of the COS reactivates. Man. I know. (laughs) So is it really over? The power of survival. Right. That's it. Life finds a way. Come on, Ian Malcolm. (laughs) So, yeah, it it was a good episode. Um, Yeah, actually, I enjoyed this more than I expected to. Yeah, I think that's, that's... Not that I thought I would hate it, but I, I don't know. Just I got more out of it. And maybe it's because the Frankenstein thing was really heavy in my mind. And I was like, oh, man, that's... Yeah. You know, made me think. But it, it was a good episode. It is, yeah. And, and it's definitely, you know, a Monster of the Week, you know, totally. by the way. It's a Monster of the Week episode. And yeah, it was good. I, I liked it. I, I think I, what I liked most about it was just the, 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 the 90s technology. The, yeah. The, the 90s computers. It, it was very much... If you, you love that 90s nostalgia, which we do... That had a lot of it with the yeah. with the old technology, the old graphics of computers. Yeah, even and, the sounds like yeah. it was it was fun. So, yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, yep. pretty streamlined episode there. You know, we usually spend a lot more time talking about. You know, I know when I can't wait, wait, wait until we get into um, some of the later episodes of this yeah. season. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything, but. Uh, I know some of these we can go on and on about, but yeah, this is, it was a good one though. I liked it. So, well, why don't you tell everyone where they can find us so we can wrap it up? Sounds good. If you are on Instagram, that's where we spend most of our time and message you guys and post things. We're at the tape store. We're on TikTok by the same name. If you're on Twitter, we're the tape store pod. And if you'd like to shoot us an email or something like that, we are uh, the tape store podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and of course, we want to thank you for your time, as we always do, and thank you again for being patient with us. We, we always hate when an episode drops late, but uh, again, you know, life is life, and we are doing the best we can with it, and we hope you guys are doing that as well. So, with nothing else left, we will see you guys next week with more great 80s and 90s nostalgia on the Tape Store Podcast. This has been Season 1, Episode 7 of The X-Files, Ghost in the Machine, and... This is Toby. And this is Brooke. And we will see you guys next week. Take care. Bye. Oh, and remember the truth is out there.